This is Viterbi Voices. Coming to you from the University of Southern California Viterbi School of Engineering. We're here to give you the inside scoop about research, classes, student life, and so much more. All of these shared from our students, faculty, and other members of our USC community. Hi, everybody, and welcome back into Viterbi Voices. As usual, I am one of your co-hosts. My name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Emily Powis, Senior Studying Biomedical Engineering. And joining us is one of our senior student ambassadors, all-star campus tour guide. You've seen him probably everywhere. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Nick. I am a senior studying mechanical engineering. Isn't it weird to be a senior, Nick? It's kind of horrifying. I mean, that's why I tacked on the progressive degree is so I have to be a little less horrified, but (laughs) it's still kind of scary to face that. Progressive degree is an awesome excuse to not come to reality that you're leaving college soon. (laughs) It's kicking it down the road a little bit more. Just a tad. Just a tad. So Nick, you are here joining us on the podcast because you bring to us uh, our most recent all student-led live chat that you were moderating. You want to tell everybody uh, what you got here? Definitely. The live chat was the Meet the Majors live chat, essentially just talking about some of the different majors within the Viterbi School of Engineering, how we ended up coming across those majors and you know deciding to stick with them, and then any um, resources or ways to get involved within them. So we had myself as a mechanical engineer, as well as four great panelists representing chemical engineering, Uh, biomedical engineering, civil engineering, and environmental engineering, to name uh, those people who are helping out. That is great. So I think this is a fantastic resource. If you're out there and you miss the live chat, or you don't want to go watch it on YouTube, you just want the audio version, you can come listen to this. Um, Nick, what should our listeners be on the, what should they be listening for? What what are some, what are some big highlights that are coming up through this conversation? I think a lot of them is that no matter what question was asked, there was no straight answer. Every Mm. single person on that panel had some sort of different response. And for a lot of the questions, all four panelists ended up responding because they all had something different to contribute, which I think is really interesting. The response for why did you choose your major for the chemical engineer was wildly different from the CS, who was wildly different from Mm. the biomedical engineer. And as a reminder, these were questions that were coming in from a live audience of prospective students. So If you're out there and you want to join the next live chat, because there's multiple live chats going on every other Sunday for the rest of the year, uh, you can go to viterbi.live slash events, viterbi.live slash events, and check out all the other live chats that are coming up. And you can register for those sessions and make sure you don't miss one. But without further ado, let's hop straight into this one. And we'll see you all on the backside of this for some other updates happening this week. First things first, we want to welcome each of you to the Meet the Majors live chat brought to you by us, some real life engineering students who were in your shoes not too long ago. Uh, But before I move on, I do want to thank all of the panelists for agreeing to participate today. We're all on a long weekend trying to get some well-needed R&R, so thank you again for taking some time out of that to come 
talk to some excited prospective students. Um, next up, we're gonna show our agenda. This is what it's gonna look like for the next hour or so. Um, we'll be kicking it off by introducing our panelists for the evening, all of whom are current engineering students. Uh, then we'll be answering questions that you submit on the webinar uh, Q&A feature, though I will ask that you hold off uh, for the time being until we get to that Q&A portion. Pretty obvious given the title, but today we'll be discussing our engineering majors. So any question about our 10 engineering disciplines, choosing a major, switching majors, how to get involved within your major are fair game. Uh, if you're viewing this live chat from YouTube, uh, viewing it as a recording later on, don't worry. You can still email us questions uh, that the students will answer at vstudent at usc.edu. Uh, we may not get to email questions during this session, but one of us will follow up with a response a little bit later. And again, hold off for now on answering or asking those questions. And a quick reminder, uh, we are all just students. So we are here to share our honest uh, student perspectives and our student stories. So we really can't answer the majority of admission related questions. Uh, please though, feel free to direct those to our admission staff at vadmit at usc.edu. And then at the end of the session, we'll spend a few minutes on how to get in touch with the Viterbi Admission Office, how to get, stay in touch with us, as well as share some resources that might be helpful as you navigate the application process. But without further ado, uh, let's get to know myself, our panelists, and our moderators. So I'll go ahead and get started. Uh, my name is Nick. I am a senior studying mechanical engineering, and I also have a progressive degree, meaning I will be earning my master's at the end of my fifth year. I'm from Alamo, California, up in the San Francisco Bay Area. And on campus, I'm involved with the USC Admission Center, which means I'm a tour guide. I conduct undergraduate research. I'm the president of our Formula Electric team and a member of the Themed Entertainment Association and our Club Rock Climbing team. Uh, now for our panelists, starting off with Jordan. Hi, everyone. My name's Jordan. I'm a rising junior. Not a rising junior. I am a junior now. Oh, wow. That's weird. Sorry, guys. I'm studying biomedical engineering with a mechanical emphasis, and I have a minor in dance. I'm from Yorba Linda, California, and... On campus, I'm a USC song girl and on officer council of Society of Women Engineers. I'm also a part of USC Chamber Ballet and a freshman mentor through Trojan Scholar Society. Hello, everyone. My name is Olivia. I'm a senior studying environmental engineering. I'm from Danville, California, which is outside of San Francisco. On campus, I'm involved in the American Academy of Environmental Engineers and Scientists, Society of Women in Engineering, American Society of Civil Engineering, and also Greek Life and some research as well. Hi everyone, I'm Shannon. I'm currently a junior and I'm double majoring in computer science and quantitative biology. I'm from San Diego, California, so right near USC, just a couple hours south. Um, and on campus, I'm involved with the Center for Artificial Intelligence and Society, where I conduct some AI research. Um, Corpus Callosum, which is an arts and tech polymathic lab that we do fun projects in. Um, I have my own startup that was run partly through the Viterbi Innovation Institute. I conduct bioinformatics research and I'm also a teaching assistant. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Bari Shridhara. I'm a junior studying chemical engineering with an emphasis in sustainable energy. And I have a minor in musical studies, specifically classical saxophone. Um, I am not from California. And in fact, I am from Naperville, Illinois. Um, and on campus, I'm involved in the American Institute of Chemical Engineers. I'm one of the captains of the Men's Club Ultimate Frisbee team. Um, I'm a supplemental instruction leader, which is kind of like a TA, and I also conduct undergraduate research. Right, and finally, uh, these are the moderators who will be behind the scenes responding to some of those Q&A questions that don't get answered by our live panelists. Uh, let's go ahead and start with Paul. Hi, everyone. My name is Paul. I'm a senior studying computer engineering and computer science, and I'm from El Paso, Texas. Hi everyone, my name is Mahima. I'm a senior majoring in industrial and systems engineering and I'm from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. 
Hello everyone, my name is Elena Kiocha. I am a senior studying chemical engineering with an emphasis in petroleum from Townsend, Delaware. Awesome, thank you all. Uh, but now is the time to submit your questions. If you're on the webinar, we encourage you to submit the questions now through the Q&A feature below. And if you're viewing this uh, from YouTube or through our podcast later, uh, you can email those questions to vstudent at usc.edu uh, for answers at a later date. But I think a great way to start this off uh, before taking questions up, please keep sending them in is just if everyone can quickly say what their major is one more time, just give like a one to two sentence uh, description about it so that way people kind of know what we're up to. I can start. So I'm environmental engineering and we take a lot of water classes like wastewater treatment design, stuff like that. And you also learn a lot about energy, just a lot of different environmental issues as well. It's kind of, it's a lot more general than you would think. Um, I can go next. So um, computer science, it's a lot of learning the backbones of software engineering and you have a lot of room to take electives. So if you wanted to do some game design classes, if you wanted to do some AI classes, you have that breadth um, in those technical electives to do so. So you learn the basics of software engineering. You also learn the basics of hardware engineering. Um, and so you get kind of that best of both worlds of working with computers. I'm a biomedical engineer. So basically a lot of our stuff bridges like medicine as well as engineering and technology. So I really like it because you take a lot of basic science classes that's very similar to like the health like sciences like pre-med track but you also balance it out with different engineering and more problem solving and like device type classes so it's honestly the best of both worlds because you get your engineering side and you get that like medicine like biology side um, and again my name's Hari I'm studying chemical engineering and the best way that I've heard um, someone put chemical engineering is the way of improving the processes that turn raw materials into um, valuable products. And whether that be um, energy conversion in forms of like solar energy or petroleum, um, there's always ways to improve those processes. And those are the problems that we solve. Then I'll just wrap it up uh, again. I'm a mechanical engineer, which is really what people think of when they think of like quintessential engineering is coming up with those moving systems um, taking physics, math, calculus, and all that and kind of throwing it into physical systems. Um, with that said, it really does go a lot beyond that uh, into material science, avionics, astronautics, it really can be applied into anything. I like to say that if there's a moving component, there's a mechanical engineer involved. Um, and kind of talking about the majors that we chose, uh, somebody asked, kind of taking it back a little bit, uh, when you were in high school, what coursework led you to choosing your major? Um, I can start. So I took um, AP environmental science my junior year of high school, I think. And I really like, I really enjoyed it. And then I started to get really interested in like climate change and all different environmental issues. But I also really liked math and science. And I was like, good at math and science. So I kind of wanted to combine the two, like my love for like the environment and also math and science. So that's kind of just led me right to engineering because very math and science intensive. And it's a little more like focused in just environmental studies. But yeah. I would say for me, it was definitely, I was interested in a lot of the different sciences. I was on my, I took my high school's robotics class and I was on my high school's robotics team, but I also loved biology and chemistry. And I knew that I was really interested in healthcare, but I also really liked the more like technical side of it. So I was like, okay, I could just bridge this and do both by pursuing biomedical engineering. I guess it comes as no surprise that if I'm chemical engineering, that chemistry or AP chemistry was probably one of my favorite classes in high school. Uh, and yes, that is true. 
Um, but I'd say also another class that I enjoyed was AP computer science. Um, that was a class that while I wasn't too interested in the coding part, the problem solving was super, super fun for me. Um, and chemical engineering felt like a way to connect those only once, once I got to school, did I realize there's a lot more physics involved as well, but good thing. I'm also a big fan of physics. So, um, everything seemed to fall into place. Um, for me personally, I, so I actually started out at USC as a biomedical engineering major, um, and so my AP biology classes, um, along with a lot of my calculus classes um, in high school, really pushed me to go into that. Um, but what part of the things that inspired me to go into CS was in high school, I, I didn't take AP Comp Sci, but I took a math class that had a coding component. And when I decided, you know, maybe biomedical engineering wasn't for me, that was what really kind of pushed me into like, hey, I already know kind of how to program and I really enjoyed it. And I'll just give one quick anecdote because I don't want to take up time from the panelists' answers. But for me, I would say one of the really important ones is AP Computer Science, uh, both principles and AP Computer Science A, because it made me quickly realize that I couldn't handle that much abstract thinking for four years, which is why I switched into the more physical realm with mechanical. So, you know, sometimes it's trial and error. It doesn't just have to be the classes you like. It can also be, like Harry was saying, you know, didn't quite like the coding, but like the problem solving, I definitely fell into that same boat. It can be the combination of two or the underlying things, which is what's going to help you make that best choice for yourself. Okay, there are already like 22 questions um, in this chat. So loving the energy so far, please keep up the questions. I think um, there are a lot that are popping up about research. Um, when we're picking a major, a lot of people want to see how they're getting hands-on and how they're going to go beyond the classroom with their majors. So I was hoping people could talk about how they got involved in research or what uh, specifically, if you're involved in research, your lab does specifically. Uh, I can I can get started then. <laughs> so I, again, so I still really loved that biology aspect of it, which is why I have my double major. Um, I started out freshman year in an electrical engineering lab doing research on neuroscience. So I used some background that I had doing AI to help um, them out, uh, trying to figure out where different fluids in the brain were at based on MRI scans. Um, that was fun, but it wasn't fully for me. So as I moved on from that, I moved more into the computational genomics realm. Um, and now I do computational genomics for um, environmental bioinformatics, which is a lot of big words to say I study microbes um, in different bodies of water. Um, but it took, took a little while to get there. I'd say the biggest thing was part of that like trial and error of just like, I'm going to reach out and see if this person wants someone new on their team. Nope. All good. Um, but there are a bunch of professors who were like readily like, yeah, for sure. Like I had to meet with like six professors before I could decide on a lab. Um, and they're very, very welcoming to undergrads, which is super nice. Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon i'd say another uh great way to get involved in research is actually through some programs that viterbi has um already in place 
Um, they have a handful of different fellowships and programs. The one that comes to mind um, or the most popular one is called Curve. I'm not quite sure what it stands for. So if someone else knows, they can chime in. Um, but that's actually how I was able to land some undergraduate research for this year going into my junior year. Um, the project that I'm specifically working on is super intersectional. Me being a chemical engineer and uh, interested in, in material science, um, I'm working on uh, creating fiber, tapered fiber probes out of optical fibers. And um, that can be created by dipping them in some sort of solution that kind of wears away from the edge of them. So they have a really pointy tip. And then those probes are going to be passed on to a different biomedical engineer, PhD student, who's going to like insert them into cells and light up certain portions. So like, it's interesting to see that my work um, will be applied elsewhere in something that I might not be like too informed in, but that intersection and that connectedness is super cool to witness. That's actually pretty funny because I'm on the mechanical side of uh, material science for my research. So mine's more like R&D for companies that contract us out. So I've done work with um, automation, improving manufacturing processes, having companies give us material and be like, hey, does this work? Which means I get to build a lot of carbon fiber and then light it on fire to see how hard it is to destroy, just kind of to, to test it out. So um, felt I'd throw that in there. I've gotten a couple questions so far about like mechanical engineering research as well. So it can be material science, robotics, the combination of the two, really anything in between as well. Um, trying to look, there are just so many questions. I think we're going to get specific on a couple of them just so we can dive into those. So first one, Olivia, I'm going to kind of put you in the hot seat. Uh, somebody asked about the difference between um, environmental studies and environmental engineering. Yeah, so environmental engineering is much more like math, physics based. For environmental studies, you don't really, I don't, I think you have to take a chemistry class, but it's like, it's chemistry for like life sciences or something. So it's less, I think, environmental studies is much less technical. You take a little more classes, like learning about like the ocean and like different like animals and stuff like that, where it's just engineering. It's like you learn, like I'm in a wastewater treatment design class right now. Like you wouldn't take that for environmental studies, um, like fluid mechanics, stuff like that much more technical. So I think it just kind of depends. Like if you really like math and science then I would go the engineering route, if you feel like more just like, I don't like more just kind of like learning about like different things like then I'm just kind of learning about the environment more. It's like in the general sense versus the engineering route is like how things actually work. Awesome, thank you. And then similar question just tossing it on to Shannon is what are the biggest differences between computer science and computer engineering? Yeah, so uh, within the computer science department, there's just plain CS, uh, computer science, and then there's also CECS, which is computer engineering, computer science. They're very, very similar majors. The main difference is that for a lot of your upper division classes in computer science, you'll just stick with the computer science classes. Um, so you'll take things like operating systems, computer systems, um, software engineering design, that sort of stuff. And then for electrical, uh, for computer engineering, computer science, you take some electrical engineering classes. So you're taking, um, I don't know off the top of my head which exact classes, um, but you do take those more upper division hardware kind of oriented classes, so more like circuitry um, and that kind of stuff. So it's um, just whichever one you're more interested in, you can usually decide if you wanna go into one or the other. Um, after your first year or so when you take like intro to embedded systems, which is a required electrical engineering class for both majors. So if you're like, hey, I really like working with circuits and doing more of this like actual stuff with like physical computers, as opposed to mostly the software engineering um, and kind of abstract side of it, um, that's a choice you can make. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's always such nuanced 
verbiage and coming from like a high school perspective, I feel like it's really hard to kind of understand what engineering is. So getting that basis, seeing, you know, science or studies versus engineering, but it has that same first word is really helpful to kind of hear that from somebody who's really diving in and seeing those differences from themselves and maybe some of their classmates. All right, somebody asked a question that specified to mechanical engineering, but I want to open it up uh, to everyone kind of looking specifically at each major. Are there many class projects and hands-on work in the first two years? I can answer this for both mechanical as well as um, biomedical engineering. I started as a mechanical engineer, obviously, that is no longer the case. But I would say our intro class definitely did have quite a few hands-on projects. We built a couple bridges. We built in like stress test bridges, Nick. I can't, I literally can't remember. And then we built like like a small car and like had a competition. So like it was fun to get like hands-on early. But I would definitely say for biomedical engineering, it's you get a lot of that hands-on stuff later because you have to get your basics of like biology, chemistry, organic chemistry, um, physics, and you're taking all of these science classes so you can better understand the human body before you like dive into like hands-on project work. Specifically for, sorry, specifically for chemical engineering, um, my understanding is that uh, in the first two years, there isn't too much in terms of hands-on projects. Like, yes, you'll take your chemistry labs and your organic chemistry labs, um, but some of those opportunities can come outside of the classroom as well. I know um, I said I was involved in the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, and every year we put on a design challenge for freshmen and sophomores, um, exclusively freshmen and sophomores, um, that allows them to, in this case for the past year, design their own mask. Um, I know it's, it's topical, and that's something that um, might take into account some of the things that they learned in their classes in a way that they could apply it in a hands-on manner. And then there's a big showcase at the end. I think in previous years, it was reverse engineering a coffee maker or creating like a little solar panel network. Um, there's a bunch of cool things that are provided outside of the classroom, especially or tailored towards those first and second year undergrads um, to kind of make up for that that might not be seen in the actual class or lecture. Um, I feel like in the first, maybe uh, this might just be for me and environmental, but the first two years, I don't think like you have like group projects and stuff and like projects with like your classmates, but there's nothing super like hands-on, like you're not doing a lot of like design projects and like senior year, there's like a senior design project and that's your senior year. So I think the hands-on work starts to come like your junior and senior year and then freshman and sophomore year, it's more like the foundational courses and kind of just like getting into the swing of things. And then you apply what you learn there to like more hands-on stuff in the future. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I would say it's very similar in CS as well. Um, you do get a couple of bigger like group projects where you have a more um, tangible like uh, culmination of it. So like, you know, you build an app or whatever, but that's usually more towards your junior and senior years, um, maybe a little bit toward the end of sophomore year. Um, but something to note about CS classes is they're all project-based. Um, all of the like not theory classes are project-based. And so you're kind of building like things throughout the semester. They're not quite what you think of as hands-on in essence, but I think one of my class projects last year was we built like a basic version of Amazon was one of our homework assignments. Like you kind of just are thrown into it um, and you build some pretty cool things, but similar to what Hari was saying about chemical engineering, it's the stuff outside of classes that I'd say is the more like hands-on project-based stuff with research. Um, you have you know, that kind of um, body of work where you can really apply your skills and have those outputs. Um, and then for some other organizations like 
one of the ones I was mentioning, I was in, we build like arts and tech projects. And so you kind of build code that goes along with some art or some hardware or something like that. Um, you're like programming LEDs or programming parts to move. And so it's more outside of class that you can get that hands-on experience. Yeah, you wrapped that up perfectly. I was really going to kind of hit on that definitely is, you know, you have to learn the theory before you can really do the practice. Sure, there are going to be small things here and there. Um, and, and it's really the, the build teams research and stuff like that just to get involved where, you know, joining a, a build team, they're going to teach you how to CAD, how to weld, how to get hands on, you know, starting as a freshman. And that's stuff that'll help you in classes later on. Um, it's not really that they try to like segment it. It's just, you know, you have to get the theory down before you're really ready to start tackling those big engineering problems, but it definitely pays off and it doesn't feel like, you know, a long two years without anything hands-on. They're definitely hands-on components here and there. Um, and I think you touched on it, Jordan, and I know, Shannon, um, you brought it up briefly, but, you know, sometimes you come into college specifically as an engineering major for y'all and you realize that what you thought you were going to do with the rest of your life is the last thing you want to do with the rest of your life. So uh, could you just talk on how easy or difficult it is to switch majors if you decide that maybe you didn't choose the right track of engineering? Well, I wouldn't say it's not something I ever want to do ever <laughs> for the rest of my life. Yeah, maybe um, that was a little bit of a hyperbole on my part. Just a tad. Um, yeah, no, it was super easy to change majors, uh, which was such a wonderful experience. I um, I'm so thankful for the admissions center and for the advisors for being so open to it. I just walked in to the admissions office one day. They have like a mandatory freshman advisement where you go in and talk to your advisor and they're like, how is it going? Do you like what you're doing? Or do you not? Um, I walked in there and said, I want to switch majors. And they're like, great. What do you want to switch to? And I was like, computer science. And right then and there, like within three minutes, my major was changed. Uh, my schedule for the next semester was planned out and for the next the following three years. It was a super easy process. Um, and they're, the nicest thing too that I'll say is a lot of the classes carry over, especially in your freshman year. Um, so things like, I think my BME 101 class counted for some other um, kind of more prerequisite class in computer science. Um, the GEs I took still counted, the basic science classes, biochem, all of that stuff still counted for computer science. Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. I'm going to second that and don't feel like for me, I was very undecided coming in. I came in as I applied as chemical. I switched to mechanical freshman year after freshman year. I decided I didn't like mechanical. I switched to ISE. And then I finally now I think I've settled. I want to graduate. Um, I'm doing biomedical. So don't feel like nervous if you're not sure on what you're doing because it is literally as simple as going in and filling out a form or emailing your advisor being like hey i don't really like this this isn't for me can we talk about other options so i would say if you're interested in in engineering definitely start in engineering because it's harder to get into engineering after than start in engineering and switch out but if you're looking between majors 
within Viterbi, it's so easy to switch. Just you'll try out different things and don't feel pressured to know your first semester. Yeah, perfect, perfect answer on that. I'm glad that we had some people who switched because I, I know that comes up a lot. It's definitely really daunting to put down a first choice major on a college application as a 17 or 18 year old when you barely know what really is entailed in engineering. But again, we were all there. That's what Viterbi understands too is sometimes we need to switch a major. That's honestly natural. At least you're doing what's best for you and not waiting too long down the line to um, kind of have a, a much more difficult situation to deal with. Um, I'm trying to look through. There are a lot of questions that are still coming and we're at over 20 of them constantly. I think a pretty uh, good one to jump off of that is we talked about switching majors and choosing majors, which is really the topic of this live chat. But within a lot of our majors or within those 10 engineering disciplines, there are those extra emphases. Uh, for example, I know there's quite a few in chemical. There's a couple in mechanical. Uh, computer science has four of its own. So do you want to touch a little bit on what it's like to choose an emphasis or if so kind of how you came across that process? Uh, I can start. So I can I can speak a teeny bit on biomedical engineering as well, but I will shove that over to Jordan right after. Um, but computer science first, there are four within computer science. There's general computer science, which is what I am. It's very heavily focused on software development. So you're going to be just general software, um, things like building apps or um, keeping up servers, networks, more of the like technical back-endy stuff. Um, but if you're like, hey, that's not for me, um, there's that computer engineering, computer science, which is more hardware oriented, and you do a little bit more of the electrical engineering side of things with circuitry. Um, there's also CS games, where if you're really into art, that's a really good option. Um, they do a lot of classes over in the School of Cinematic Arts, actually. Uh, they have an interactive games department over there. So you take a bunch of um, like graphics classes and game building classes. Um, and then last but not least, there is CSBA, Computer Science Business Admin, where you take the majority of your classes still in Viterbi, still in the Computer Science Department, but they switch out a lot of those um, more spe like specified upper division electives for business classes. So you get that like business management, more economic side of things so that you are more um, attuned to like being maybe a manager kind of uh, role for software development where you're maybe not like, I totally wanna be programming all the time. Um, you can do that and still have that background in computer science, so you understand it, but you don't have to totally um, have that be your only skill set or one of your main skill sets. Um, and then just to touch on biomedical engineering, I'd actually declared one uh, emphasis before I switched out. <laughs> Um, but they do have three emphases. Um, there is electrical, mechanical, and then molecular cellular. And I will shove this over to Jordan. <laughs> okay. So like Shannon said, there's three different emphases, mainly because biomedical engineering is such a broad field. It's literally anything to do with like medical applications or like the human body. So because of that, we get elements of a ton of different types of engineering, including mechanical, electrical, obviously like cellular, molecular, kind of chemical. So because of that, we have the general track, but if you're interested in either just the like more mechanical side or maybe like electronics or maybe like the chemistry, you can specialize in those different areas and take more track, not tracks, take more courses like attuned to your interest. And then I can also talk a little bit about ISE because I was ISE for a semester. Um, they have two different tracks. They have 
operations and then they have systems there's one that's a lot more um kind of like computer data like sciency and one that's a lot more like i don't want to say operations is people focused but it's more like kind of just okay i'm not even gonna try i'm sorry guys <laughs> i was there for a semester and i quickly learned that it was not for me i declared an operations <laughs> emphasis and i was like no goodbye so i will pass this to anybody else who has emphases in their track not in their track in their major yeah uh there's quite a few for chemical so i apologize i'm going to talk for a little bit um there's the general track which i'll get to in a second and i pulled up a list next to me because like i can't remember all these off the top of my head um there is the first one is biochemical and that kind of bridges like what a chemical engineer would do with kind of what jordan's doing in the bme department that would require you to take like some extra bio courses and then some specific biochemical engineering courses um, keep in mind, all of these emphases will probably alter like two or three classes on your course plan where you get to really, really um, dive deep into what that specific emphasis is talking about. Next up is environmental. And then that's kind of bleeding into like Olivia's realm um, where you take some classes that might overlap um, in those upper divisions, again, with like water quality and um, filtration technologies and things like that. Um, the one that I uh, declared for myself is sustainable energy. Um, and that could be anything ranging from geothermal energy to hydropower to solar energy, which are some of more my or some of my interests. Um, after that is polymer and material science, which also kind of ties into like what mechanical engineers do. Um, and that can be polymers and material science at like the super tiny scale, which I do in my research, or what Nick mentioned earlier in like a larger scale with combining materials and seeing, like if they are flame resistant or they uh, withstand certain like stress tests for uh, larger applications. Um, and again, there's a couple of classes associated with that. Um, what Elena talked about earlier was the petroleum emphasis. Again, if you want to go into that industry, um, there's a handful of classes in uh, the specific petroleum engineering department that you can take. Um, and then the last one is nanotechnology. If again, you're interested in uh, working at the nano scale, there's a couple of classes and research opportunities in that regard. Um, but the last thing I have to say about that is if you decide not to declare an emphasis, because I know it's overwhelming, there's so many of them, um, lots of people decide not to do an emphasis at all. And that just means you can like pick and choose classes from here and there. If you want to take the one biochemical engineering class, like all power to you, if you want to take um, some of the environmental emphasis classes, then you can do that as well. And then you can still graduate with a more versatile generic degree in chemical engineering. But the specification is always uh, an option if that's something you're interested in. And there aren't really any emphases for just environmental, but it's in the civil department, which has a lot of different emphases. And I cannot remember them all, but I know a lot are very similar. And there's one that's civil, like in, with environmental focus, which is like basically the same thing as environmental, except you don't have to take organic chemistry. So I did switch to that for half a second. And then I realized I like the environmental ones better. So I did stick with it and took OCHEM. But the civil environmental one, I think it's less like energy classes, more water classes. And then there's like regular civil engineering, which is like building stuff. I think it might be some like water classes in there too. And I know there's civil water resources, which is much more water, less energy, air pollution stuff. And civil structural, which is not really like environmental. That's like learning about structures, how to build things, construction and stuff like that. And there's definitely a few more that I can't remember, but so you can kind of like pick and choose with that. Yeah. All in all, the breakdown is in the 10 disciplines, which many people think of as minors, there are 30 or as, as uh, majors, my bad. There are the 30 emphases underneath that that make up like the majors that you'll kind of see on your diploma. Um, 
that, that was definitely a lot, a lot of good information thrown in there, but a pretty dense section. I'll leave y'all with this last tip is usually the emphases in those like kind of nitpicky classes don't really begin until like the second or third year. So worst case scenario, common as one, common as general, take that first year's course load, take that intro class, which is going to highlight everything and then make that decision. This is not something you have to decide and commit to, uh, you know, right now or right when you're filling out that common app. Yeah, I just wanted to say, um, I kind of like what Hari brought up and want to emphasize it, um, where like, if you're like, oh, all of these sounds super interesting. If you just go the general route, you can take a couple classes from the different emphases. Like you can still count those as your like electives, so. A hundred percent. Kind of on, on the lineup, I know we talked on projects, we briefly talked on research. We've definitely talked a bit about you know, lots of different classes we have to take in the upper division and choosing all those different things. And a question that's come up a lot, I think the more we've talked on this is, you know, are we constantly feeling overloaded? Do we have time to do things outside? Like what is our work-life balance look like? I can start this one. So I'm an athlete as well as an engineer. So if that gives you any indication, I would definitely say it's 100% possible to do things outside and not feel overloaded it really comes down to you just being like smart with your time, just like managing your time wisely. Like I am the biggest person. I love my Google calendar because it just gives me time between like all my school stuff. Like I'm like, okay, this is when I'm working on homework and here's my time with friends. And here's when I'm doing like clubs. Like I don't feel overloaded at all. I feel like I have the perfect balance between school. Like I obviously like, I'm not saying we don't have to study like you're an engineer, like you're going to be taking hard classes and you do have to study and put in work. However, it's definitely possible to have a life outside of that. I will second the support for Google Calendar. If you aren't on Google Calendar, it is phenomenal piece of art application. Um, I use it for everything. And then I found out recently that there's also Google Tasks and it shows up as a little sidebar. So I've been both going at the same time. It's it's great. Um, uh, to go off that like balance sort of perspective, um, one thing you'll notice, like when you start coming to classes is you don't have nearly as much time in class as you did in high school. Um, you don't have like a eight o'clock to three o'clock day anymore. You might have a class from 10 to 12 and a class from one to two 30. And then like, that's it. Um, so a way to manage that is you can still treat your days as being like eight o'clock to three o'clock or nine o'clock to four o'clock and dedicate that time um, to working rather than like going out and doing other things during the day to kind of keep that um, schedule and keep that rhythm going. And that'll give you more opportunities on your weekends and your evenings to kind of chill, hang out with people. Um, that's something that I especially noticed this year when I lived off campus. Cause I, if I stay on campus, then I'm going to work because it feels like I'm going to school and I'm a part of a larger community that um, wants to get things done. Yeah, piggybacking off of that, um, with just like being on campus, I remember like, it's hard to kind of get out of that mindset of like, oh, I'm at school when you're like living fully on campus. Like you get used to it after a little bit, but it's it's a lot at first. Um, but the thing that I've noticed, especially with like being off campus is like, I'm on campus like 11 to seven or 11 to eight on Mondays. Like that sounds awful. Just be like, yeah, class all day, but it's not class all day. It's really not. Like there are breaks in between all my classes where I try and get work done. Or like, I, like hey, I have this hour block here. I'm gonna do this. Or hey, I have this two hour block here. I'm gonna get coffee with that person I said I was gonna get coffee with. Um, and it's just like really nice to still have that like 
organizational structure that you can plan out, but you're on campus, so you have total access to like the libraries, you can go to the restaurants or the village and it's super nice. Um, but Google Calendar is your best friend. Time management is probably the biggest thing you will learn your first year of college. Um, Cause it's still a lot, like you still have a lot of homework. You have a lot of projects. Don't wait till the last minute to start your projects. Um, and you do have to budget that time out, but it doesn't mean you can't be involved with fun organizations and research and um, be involved, just hang out with your friends. like. I reserve my weekends for that. So if anyone bothers me on the weekends, be like, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, nope, I'm busy. Even if it's just me sitting watching a movie with my roommates, like I still kind of have to like put my foot down at some point and be like, this time is for having fun. Yeah, I completely like agree with everything everyone said. I think that's like, and that's what Hari said. It's one of the biggest transitions, I think, from high school to college is that you have to like make your, you literally make your own class schedule and then you have to like just you have to do everything yourself you're much more independent like you don't have a teacher telling you to like do work in class it's like oh like homework time in class like you're doing it all yourself but you have so much more like time not in class to do all the activities so as long as you put in the effort you have the time management skills like it is fully possible like you can have like there's some weekends where I don't do any homework and there's some weekends where I have to like spend a lot of time on Saturday doing work it just really depends on how much effort you put into scheduling yourself yeah, um, y'all answered that. So I didn't even think about that whole balance of living on campus and doing work in between because it just kind of comes pretty naturally and you end up getting a lot more done than you think. I will just say, don't be like me. I've never set up a Google Calendar and I'm like twice as stressed as I have to be always thinking I'm forgetting about deadlines because I just don't write anything down. Whether it's bullet journaling, Google Calendar, Microsoft tasks, like whatever you need to do, write something down. Don't be like me. I'm a horrible like offender of not doing it. And it's probably for the worse. Um, there's one question that I got that I thought was really interesting involved kind of engineering and like what are the hardest and easiest tracks within engineering? Um, I'm just going to answer that one kind of very simply is the hardest track is going to be the one that you're the least interested in. And the easiest one is going to be the one where the coursework is engaging. It's compelling and feels natural to you. For example, Somebody who started in, uh, you know, biomedical engineering might not do that well in computer science and vice versa. Or in my example, I would do terrible in chemical engineering, but a chemical engineer might do, you know, just equally as terrible in mechanical. It's really up to what you want to study. And that's why they are so disparate. That's why there are so many of them. So it's, you know, trying to game what's easiest, what's hardest is going to end up getting you um, kind of into a little bit of trouble in the long run. I think we spoke a little bit on, you know, classes and, and structures. I think it'd be kind of fun if everyone just answers, like give a quick synopsis of your favorite class you've taken within your major. Oh, I have an answer for this. Um, this was the class that I took last spring and believe it or not, it met twice a week at eight in the morning. I know like crazy, awful. Um, but it somehow happened to be my favorite class. Uh, I should probably tell you the class it's um, math or material science 350. Um, and it dealt with like nanomaterials and nanostructures. And the way this class was oriented or taught or the curriculum, it just went through all of the different developments in recent developments in nanomaterials, like over the past 10 years or so. So having not really been involved in like the academic research aspect before, like I was getting like, it felt like I was getting a sneak peek into like the technologies that would become widespread and commercial, maybe like 10, 15 years from now and seeing them in their like baby stages. Um, like what are the new technologies in 
um, medical treatments and imaging, or what are the new technologies in um, solar energy? And those are going to be maybe out on the market in like 2030, 2040 or something like that. Uh, but being able to like witness it, like when it's still like in the cradle, um, I found was super interesting and it probably is going to get uh, determined like what I want to do after graduation as well. Um, yeah. And that's my little spiel about that class. I think my favorite class that I've taken is, I'm pretty sure it was called Energy System and Environmental Trade-Offs. And it was with a professor that I also had my freshman year. And I took another class with her my junior year. Really like her and her classes. And we basically just learned a lot about like what I said, different energy systems and like different kinds, like how we get our energy about solar, wind, um, geothermal energy, a bunch of different stuff. And it's just super interesting. It was a little more broad. So I kind of got to like learn about a lot of different things, like say like different stuff working. So I could kind of like, figure out like what I'm most interested in kind of like what kind of career I want to pursue later on. And I also really liked our professor would have like a news of the day every day and like share some environmental news. And it was very interesting and kind of like kept up with current events. And like sometimes we would actually, the class was like, I think two hours, like twice a week. And sometimes we would spend an hour on the news of the day just because it would look like relate to stuff we were learning about. And it was super interesting. Yeah. I'd say for, for me, the, Probably one of the favorite classes I've taken actually isn't in the CS department, but it's a technical elective for CS. So it's still related. <laughs> it's still related. Um, but it's called, um, it's actually a pair of classes, one of the prerequisite uh, introduction to information security. And then I'm currently in the one following it, ethical hacking and systems defense. And it's already so much fun. Um, but it's really cool to like learn about a lot of the things you don't think about when it comes to like Ooh, being a hacker, like it's not just banging on a keyboard and you're like, I'm in. Um, <laughs> it's a lot more strategic and you have to understand how like Wi-Fi works and how actual like websites are run and IP addresses and all that kind of stuff. And it was really fun. I actually enjoyed the first class so much. I TA for it now. Um, but you learn a lot about like current events and like what are the major hacking scandals and why is it always this thing that gets hacked? And like, how do you find these um like intricacies in the code that are like good like breakpoints for people to hack into machines and how do you defend against that which is like just really fun and I didn't think I would get to study that in college um, and so it's really nice that I have the opportunity to kind of learn about something that's you don't have to take cybersecurity classes but I have the opportunity to um, and it was something I thought was cool. So just to preface I haven't taken that many classes in biomedical engineering however my favorite class was probably biomedical engineering, like 210, which is basically a coding based class. And personally, I despise coding. So the fact that this is my favorite class says a lot about it, but we got to model, like the entire class was just based on like modeling different things within biomedical engineering. So we modeled the spread of the disease, like of different diseases, which was very applicable during the pandemic. Um, we like modeled like intraocular drug delivery like new medicine technologies like ultrasound and like not being a coder myself but like getting to see all these problems or like like modeling like new technology and that type of stuff was really really fun so i really enjoyed that class i've been thinking the entire time y'all have been talking and i still can't come up with one um it's tough because a lot of the classes that i found really cool are because they're you know math classes there's problem solving and it's beginning to see how like math kind of actually fades into the real world like I know we all learned about you know the spirit of negative one in algebra two and pre-calc thinking where is this ever going to show up and when you get up into like calculus three or differential equations and you see how it actually applies to like real systems real mechanical systems it's just mind-blowing but 
Uh, even with that said, I'm definitely going to throw it out to differential equations because it was a tough class, but it was really fun. I'm going to have to give it up to AME 308, which is the first level of uh, computer-aided design that mechanical, aeronautical, and astronautical engineers all take. Um, it's a really tough class, and it definitely takes a lot of time to put in for all the homeworks and the projects. But it made me feel so much more confident in my ability to look at these drawings, make CAD projects, be able to do a certain level or, of design within CAD, which coming into to college, I had absolutely zero experience with. So to be partway through the semester, you know, cranking on projects, kind of stressing out, feel like I was pulling my hair out at times, but to take a step back after I submit the project and realize I just catted a 70 piece part with, that's like the entire rear wheel assembly to a car in the matter of a couple of weeks without even realizing like kind of the implications and how much work I was putting in that's, you know, being done by companies all around the world. Like while I was doing this on my computer was super cool to start to see all of these theoretical pieces I put together come out into one specific classroom and starting to go like, oh my gosh, is this what it feels like to be an engineer? Like that is one of the weirdest feelings to have. And that was, I think the class where it happened for me. Um, but kind of on that segue of talking about, you know, we've talked a lot about why we chose our engineering majors, what we've done within engineering. I think it's a fair way to uh, kind of start to wrap this up, give everyone enough time to really speak to this, but uh, why did y'all all choose USC? And also what keeps you here? What makes USC so unique and so great that keeps you coming back uh, to classes semester after semester? Um, I can kind of start us off. So I think we kind of touched on this earlier too. And like one of my biggest concerns about college in general and also being an engineering student was like, is my entire life going to be engineering? I'm going to have free time to hang out with my friends, join other clubs, do a bunch of stuff. And like we were saying, like USC does a really good job of making sure that like in engineering, like you you can do other things. Like we really pushed through the whole engineering plus thing where it's like, what's your plus? Like what other activities are you, you involved in? With like different minors and everything. And I found that I've had like plenty of free time to explore my other interests, hang out with my friends. I'm not just like behind a computer all day studying. And also, like, I'm sure everyone else probably touch on this too, like, the Trojan family is, like, a real thing. Like, when you tell people you go, to, like, you went to, or that you go to USC, and if they know someone that went there, if they went there, like, they actively, like, want to help you. Like, they will seek you out to help you, which is very nice. That's how, like, so many people I know, like, they get internships, like, because they went here. And I was in one of my classes for my progressive degree program. Um, we have to, like, interview some person for something. I'm not entirely sure. But people got interviews, like, someone interviewed, like, the CEO of Starbucks like they were able to interview a bunch of like really cool people because they said they went to USC and they're like, oh, that's really cool. I went to USC, stuff like that. So you get a lot of opportunities here. I don't think I'll interview the CEO of Starbucks, but maybe someone cool. <laughs> you never know. You never, you never know. Beats <laughs> maybe. Yeah, um, kind of building off of that and related, like I'd say one of the, the main things here was that engineering plus for me where I was like, I don't want to just be pigeonholed until like you will study whatever you want to study. And that is the only thing you will do with your entire college experience. I really wanted to branch out because even though I came in and I was like, I'm going to be a biomedical engineer. I got this like two weeks in. I was like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. And I'm going to branch out a little bit. And I had that opportunity. I had that space to like join organizations and figure out what I was actually passionate about, what I wanted to do which was super cool. Um, and the communities on campus and in the engineering school are so, so helpful. Like when I visited um, before I committed or anything and I was just there talking to students, they genuinely really, really wanted to be there and to introduce you to, your, to their friends and to be like, hey, here are some new connections that you have at USC, which was super cool that everyone was just friendly and welcoming um, to new students. 
Um, something else that I really liked was um, the flexibility in schedules. If you want to do something, they will not say no. Like you just ask them and they're going to be like, sure. Like I walked in a month after changing my major to computer science. and was like, I think I'm going to double major. And they were like, all right, if you want to, like, let's sit down and figure it out. Um, and I could, I could walk in there tomorrow and be like, I want to add a minor. And they'd be like, if you, if that's what you want. Um, which is just a super nice atmosphere to have where if there's something you're curious about or passionate about, go for it. They're not going to force you to not only take computer science classes or only take mechanical engineering classes, um, which is just a super, super nice um, flexibility to have. Um, my last big thing I wanted to add to was um, proximity to research. You've got lots and lots of options. Like I just cold emailed professors as a freshman was like, hi, I think you're cool. Can we talk? And they're like, yeah, of course, come on over. Um, and that's just super nice because I know research is a very difficult thing to get at a lot of universities, especially in undergrad. Um, and you're not just sitting there cleaning beakers and pipetting things like you're actually fully involved in the research. A lot of people I know um, have like first authorships on big research papers as you know, like juniors in their undergrad, which is an amazing thing to have. Jumping off of Shannon and Olivia, you guys hit two of my major points. Like one of the big things for me was engineering plus like I knew coming to college, I didn't want to give up my passion for dance. So like coming here, I was able to do engineering as well as minor in dance. And then Shannon also touched on the community. Like that was the really big thing that sold me on the school. Everyone was just so genuinely excited to be here and to welcome people here. And not only that, people within engineering just seemed to be happy and be so much more than just engineering. They were like, oh, like we all work hard, but we like play hard too. Like we go out into LA, we do fun things. Like we have, like, we do things with our free time. And to me, that was huge. I was like, yes, I want a school where I like, I know everybody really cares about their academics and like wants to work hard and succeed, but also like knows how to have fun, like knows when to take break. So that for me was a really big thing. And then I would definitely say, and the last big thing for me coming was just like the rate, the gender ratio, because coming from a robotics team, I was the only girl on like a 20, 25 person robotics team. And I was like, I don't want this in college. Um, I was like, I would really like another female <laughs> in either my classes. So like USC being 50, 50, like USC's engineering program being 50, 50 was really, really big for me. And then, sorry, last thing, what keeps me here is probably the school spirit, like you said Nick was like, oh, like what keeps you here? Like, I love how like, just like close and like how our school is just so excited like to be our school. We're like, yes, we're the Trojans. Like you can see that on game day. You can see that in like the Trojan family. And it's just like, I love the community it brings, so. Uh, I'm gonna let you all in a little bit of a secret. I actually didn't get into USC at first. Um, and I went through the entire appealing process to have them reconsider my decision. And lo and behold, they did reconsider my decision. And now I'm here speaking in front of you all. I was actually supposed to go to Georgia Tech. So I had paid my deposit. I was finding housing, looking for roommates. And then like in mid-May, like I found out and I'm like, just kidding. I'm not doing that. I'm coming to LA and I'm going to love it here. Um, and there was one like major component into or decision-making factor that prompted me to make that switch. 
Um, because at an institution like Georgia Tech, like tech is in the name, everyone you meet will be some sort of like STEM or uh, that sort of thinking individual. So I didn't think that there would be much um, diversity of thought in terms of like engaging with my peers and involving myself outside of like my engineering classes. And at USC, yes, there's a great engineering school. There's also a great film school. There's also a great music school. There's also a great dance school. There's also a great architecture school. There's literally a great school for everything. And you're going to have friends in all of those disciplines. So it's so accessible to go to a dance showcase or go see a film screening before it's in theaters or for me in particular, when I wanted to continue playing the saxophone, it was much more feasible to play at like a high performance level at USC than it was at Georgia Tech. Um, another reason in prompting that decision. So the fact that the school can literally offer you that vast variety of everything you want to involve yourself in outside of the engineering um, disciplines. And again, that's like the whole engineering plus that everyone's harping on because I totally agree with it too. Um, that's probably like my major determining factor. Uh, and other things that keep me here, the weather's nice, doesn't rain much. It's much better. I mean, like I'm the one from the Midwest here and everyone else is from California. I do not like snow. I do not like cold. So if I could be here for as long as I could, I will most definitely take it. Glad you ended up with us. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Yeah, I mean, y'all hit so many points and then some that I was going to say. Um, main ones I'll just wrap up with is saying like opportunity, uh, for me, I knew I wanted to study abroad. I knew I wanted to have the opportunity to minor and the idea of a progressive degree program or an accelerated master's four plus one plans as they're referred to at different institutions, uh, was something I wanted to do being able to at orientation, go in and say, Hey, these are the things I want to do and have my advisor just say, here's how all of them will fit. Um, was amazing. I studied abroad. I got a minor, changed it about four times, stuck with it until this year because I picked up a second master's degree for my progressive degree. I uh, ended up trumping out a minor just a little bit. So being able to have all these opportunities is incredible. And I think that's one thing I definitely want to say. Kind of to wrap this up is you want to go to the place where you can see yourself thriving the best. Um, you know, I gave up on my first choice school to come to USC because I started to realize how much more opportunity and how many different exciting things were happening at USC that I could see myself getting involved in. And college is a time for growth. It's a time to change. It's a time to do different things. So being able to come to USC, try things, fail things, do different things to make up for it, um, you know, allowed me to make the best choice for my undergraduate decision. You know, we only get undergraduate for most people once. Uh, you get those four years and that's it. And to me, it's not about the number ranking of the school, the name of the school. It's all about where you can see yourself growing the best, where you can, you know, look back after four years of undergraduate studies, like I'm starting to think about now, you know, going into the final year and say that, yeah, I did everything I wanted to. I'm not going to regret any decisions I made. And I grew from everything that I did. And I think that's really what you want to start looking at when it comes to colleges. Where can you see yourself? Where can you see yourself not only succeeding, but growing? It's not just about surviving. It's about thriving. Um, but on that one, I think we're going to leave that as our final question. Uh, we hope you all enjoyed the live chat tonight and gained some insight on what it's like to be an engineer at USC. Um, if you missed any of the chat, you can rewatch the whole thing on our YouTube channel later, as well as listen to our podcast when it's released as well. We'd love for you to stay connected um, and a way to stay connected with uh, the trivia admission office. You know, that's a great thing to be doing is through an info session. Um, our info sessions are hosted by a member of our Viterbi undergraduate admission department, as well as some students as well. So a great place to ask more questions as well. 
Um, again, vitruviadmission.usc.edu slash visit for those. You can also search us up online. I'm sure a quick Google search would take you to that as well. And then down below is also their contact information. So again, that vadmin email, as well as on the vitruviadmission.usc.edu page is a web chat that runs through normal business hours during the weekday. And then of course, um, we have other live chats coming up. So if you identify with any of these groups or want to learn more about things like internships and co-ops, please feel free to sign up for them, um, ask more questions, get more specific, learn as much about engineering as USC as you can. If this is a school you can consider yourself attending, um, it'll make you not only informed on what engineering looks like at USC, but also kind of gives you that picture of undergraduate engineering as a whole. Hopefully it'll help you make the best decision for yourself in the future. And then last, or not quite lastly, but we have a couple of resources we want to put out here is uh, the Viterbi student website is something that Viterbi students are writing. So viterbivoices.usc.edu is a massive repository of blogs, podcasts, social media links, uh, yes, including TikTok, that students put on to show what we're doing uh, in real time during the school year. But of course, there are also some more of those, uh, let's call it professional or at least admissions-based opportunities as well, learning more about Viterbi through viterbiundergrad.usc.edu. Then also feel free to take one of our virtual tour programs. You might have me as a tour guide uh, through our main admission portal as well. And then finally, please stay connected with us. Again, like I mentioned a couple of times, Viterbi Voice of the Podcast doesn't just host or doesn't just um, publish the recordings of this live chat and other live chats. There are so many more episodes going on. We're currently in our seventh season um, and definitely going strong, as well as a Twitter, TikTok, um, Instagram, and YouTube account, all of those being Viterbi Student. And one more time, if you need to um, email us any questions that weren't answered at the Slack chat or things pop up once again, please be student at usc.edu. is monitored by students. The questions are answered by some of us. Um, we'll be able to get that answer back to you in no time. But with that, uh, we want to thank you again for tuning in tonight. Good luck on your college applications. Good luck on your college um, search as well. Stay safe and as always, fight on. So much nick for bringing that to us i was wondering like can you explain more about how you chose your major because i know it really differs a lot from how other people choose their majors at usc yeah i definitely think i had a unique experience choosing my major growing up i absolutely loved roller coasters could not tell you why but after playing roller coaster tycoon you know one of those pc video <laughs> games for a couple of years i started to realize that if i'm doing this for fun as you know, a kid, somebody's doing this in real life and designing the actual real thing. Mm -hmm. So the idea of becoming a roller coaster designer was implanted in my brain probably from second or third grade. And only down the line did I figure out that's what mechanical engineering was. And once I got to USC, took that introductory level course with Dr. Paul Ronnie, did I realize that this felt like a natural progression? It wasn't anything mm -hmm. new or uncomfortable or even terribly exciting in the sense of it being weird or something foreign. It just felt like a natural progression for me. And that's how I knew I wanted to stay with mechanical engineering. There was no reason for me to change because it felt like I was on my right path already. That's just so interesting to hear because I have like the complete opposite experience. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of fall in like either boat. Like for me, I knew I liked math. I knew I liked science. I knew I was pre-med. And then it was like, all right, like I guess biomedical engineering kind of covers all that. And after taking a few intro classes, I found that that was definitely like what I was supposed to do. But it's cool to see people who have such a drive from a young age and they just like follow their path and like they get done too. So it really doesn't matter how you end up at USC and choosing your major. 
I think that's what's most important is that people are listening on either end of the spectrum. And I think that uh, sometimes people feel like whatever they're doing is wrong. And there is no wrong way to go about this. Um, and I think that's almost every day of my work life. It's telling somebody, you're going to be okay. <laughs> like, everybody's brain works differently and everybody's journey is slightly different. Um, but I think that and maybe you all can shed some light on this is that even though you come from different backgrounds, when you all get here and you start working together, it's, it's, it's the working together of these different brains is where the magic starts to happen. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So thank you for that, Nick. I really appreciate it. How is your semester going? Uh, what, what's it like uh, being back on campus? I mean, we're in, we're in week three now. We're wrapping up week three. This is, this is a big, big week. Yeah, somehow found myself even busier than I have been in past semesters. Yep. So it's a mixture of managing uh, AME 441, which is the senior capstone project with being the president of a build team, working in research, and yes, still doing those tours. So definitely trying to figure out time management once again. I think with Zoom, I was able to slack off a little bit, but once you're back in person, you realize, oh, I actually have to commute. I can't just roll out of bed and click a commute. link. I actually have Com- to like commute. move somewhere from point A to point B. Commute. Yeah. How, and how... how- how long is your quote unquote commute? So for An everyone listening. Absolutely devastating five minutes by skateboard. The five minute skateboard commute. That has got to be really just life altering to you, man. There's there's no more 30 second commute of bed to the computer for Zoom. But oh my gosh, five minutes on a skateboard. How are you dealing with that? That's a lot. I mean, we should probably really unpack this. It's a very sweaty experience, <laughs> but I'm glad my apartment has air conditioning so I can at least step away from that once it's I hot, That's right. Your, your, your fancy townhouse apartment that we were talking yes, about yes. earlier. <laughs> it's just making me jealous while I sit in my hot room on the upper floor. <laughs> well, just I don't have air conditioning. Uh, granted, I'm not. I'm in a different part of LA, but it's still hot right now. So I also realize that these mm-hmm. chairs that we bought, not not to whatever, someone else picked this chair for me. Um, it's a leather back chair and I'm realizing oh, yeah. I am dying every time I sit down in these things, which is why I try to stand as much as I can throughout the day. Um, hey, well, Emily, anything else going on with you? Any, any updates on your end? Mm, well, you're doing like, some climbing exhibition ex- expeditions expeditions. I don't know if it's that like gnarly, but yeah, I I'm a guide for SC outfitters and we recently released all of our trips for this upcoming. Ooh. Well, we reached them for the, we had a lot of technical difficulties, but I found out <laughs> that my tip, my trip, had over 60 signups for it and there are only seven spots. So I was kind of wow. just, and we leave at 4.45 in the morning on a game day. So I was really, I don't know, really excited that people are actually down to like do a sunrise hike on game day this Saturday. It's a sunrise hike where? We're going to Malibu. Um, we'll do some hiking around there. And then afterwards we're going to go to the beach and we're going to have like a Bob Ross painting tutorial um, wow. followed by a brunch. So I'm going to, I love cooking um, in the backcountry. I guess this isn't really backcountry, but it's the beach. Yeah, the beach. But I'm going to make a really good brunch with pancakes. And I'm just so excited. Wow. Okay, cool. So a Mal- uh, Malibu sunrise hike, beach mm-hmm. time, Bob Ross painting session, which I really want to know how that works. I understand it would probably involve happy trees. Got to have happy trees. Yeah. Essentially, one of the girls that's leading the trip with me is much better at art than all of us. So she is going to be Bob Ross. And I bought everyone like watercolor postcard kits and we're going to watercolor paint. I know that's not typical Bob Ross style, but we're going to (laughs) watercolor paint like the beach and then send it to our friends. So I'm excited. Very cool. And then the breakfast you're making. 
I think me and the rest of the guides will make it, but okay. yeah, not to toot my own horn, but I am the reigning champ of the cooking competitions in SC Outfitters. So there are cooking competitions. Yeah, there are multiple and I have Tell, never lost. So what, what do you mean? What are the competitions? What do they entail? So essentially we're in the backcountry like camping and you have to make some sort of backcountry meal under a budget. Um, so for my first one, I just made turkey tacos. And for my second one, I made falafels. Um, oh. And then I also made brownies one time. And those wow. have those have brought me the championship every single time. So, wow, Wait, this is crazy. You, how do you bake brownies in the backcountry? Well, I do it like I don't make a back. I'm not that hardcore, but just putting it in a um, in a pan with like the lid on that works like decent. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And you can do no bake cookies and stuff. That's like another one of my hacks. Yeah. Mm. If you ever need recommendations on cooking, I got you. When I was in the Boy Scouts a long, long time ago, there was always like this, like one dad that brought the Dutch oven and mm. would make up like upside pineapple upside down cake and like all this crazy stuff. Cause you just basically got this giant pot and you just throw it on the fire yeah. and it kind of takes care of itself. This is and my I remember, dad. Yeah, really? Okay. So this is where you're drawing that inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, I always loved when I was a kid, it's probably, it's not going to win any competitions, but my favorite thing that we used to do as kids when we were camping was... Um, I don't even know what you officially call it, but we always called it like tinfoil cooking um, where, and, and who knows if this is actually a good idea or not. I don't know. It was back when I was a kid, um, but you would get, every kid would like get like a couple sheets of tinfoil and then you have all the stuff that you would have to throw into that. So there'd be like hamburger patties or turkey patties or whatever you want to put in there, like potatoes and veggies. And then like some sort of sauce, like barbecue sauce, whatever else, whatever you want to do, you throw it in there. And then every kid would like create like this, like folded up envelope package type thing. And then you basically just put that in the fire and oh, then let it all great. cook inside of itself. And so every, every kid is like, you know, 10 years old watching this thing. And then the parents the, get it out and you have to unwrap it. And then you've got this thing that you made in the fire, mm -hmm. which is like super cool. So you can get super creative with the types of ideas and stuff like that. But that was always my favorite thing when I was a kid. That's so cool. Actually, Katie Randall, one of the other VSAs, yeah. she also joined SC Outfitters so, and she's my little, so it's pretty cute, but she was talking about how in Wisconsin, they make pudgy pies, which are, are like, those? yeah, it's like a, I guess it's like a pop tart type of pie thing that you make in the fire. It's like this clamp and you get like yes. dough and then you surround something it like yes. you have a filling and then you make them in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. So she's inspired us. We're all going to like buy pudgy pie makers for SC Outfitters with our budget. That's so a excited. great idea. Yeah. Cast iron, like basically hand pie mm -hmm. makers. Those are yeah, really, exactly. really, that's a great idea. And then you can do that savory for a dinner. Like you could put meat in there, make a shepherd's pie type situation. Mm -hmm. You could do, um, now I'm hungry. Yeah, I was going to say, y'all are making me way too hungry right now. Well, this, also, this is Nick is such a good cook. Just saying. Nick, <laughs> Nick, please share. What What's your go-to recipe you're going to impress somebody you're going to make something for them oh my top three are probably red wine risotto salmon pasta and fried chicken wait wait okay that's one meal red separate. wine all okay. separate okay <laughs> so, so like, red like a, a risotto with like a red wine base goes Got well it. with chicken pork salmon pasta is completely separate but actually not too hard to make salmon pasta yes it's like okay. pasta kind of a tomato cream sauce combo with smoked salmon in it it works well okay and then just the third one, which I'm still experimenting with, is just straight up butter, buttermilk fried chicken. Wow. Oh. Okay. Okay. Now I haven't you're had throwing any that, of these yet. You're throwing that like deep into a deep fryer or are you putting that in a pan fry situation? I use an electric wok so I can control the temperature better, oh. but like deep fried. 
Wow. Okay. All right. This is good stuff. I haven't I mean, even had the best of Nick. Oh, Nick's holding out on you. Yeah, he's only cooked me like um like uh red sauce pasta. I don't know what it was called. It was super good though. Well, I guess I, I guess I said specifically you're gonna impress somebody, someone special. Well, now we know how you categorize in his life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, no, and, I feel that's, and that's the tea. <laughs> and that's the tea. That's a great place to close it out. Thanks, y'all. I really appreciate it. Uh, and for all your listeners, we will be back very soon with our next episode. Bye. Thank you.